Well, we are smack dab in the middle of our series called Vital Signs, and throughout the series, we've been spending time each week looking at one of the Ten Commandments. And we're spending time on the commandments because we consider them incredibly important to being a faithful follower of Jesus. We believe them to be, we believe them to be vital signs to determine how our walk with Jesus is going. Because of the ever-changing values uh, and the culture that surrounds us, we think it's even more important now to be rooted in God's word with how we live our lives. We hope that exploring the commandments will help us recognize how, who it is and what it is that's giving us influence. Is it God's word or is it the culture around us? Whether it's us, our kids, a friend, a sibling, we've all experienced those moments where kids act against a parent's wish. I never did, but no, I'm just kidding. Maybe it was something innocent as grabbing a cookie when told not to. Maybe it was hanging out with friends instead of getting your room clean. Or being told to get ready for school, but pushing the snooze button for about a half hour. Or maybe it was something a little more defiant. Maybe it was hanging out with that guy that mom and dad did not approve of, or girl. Or uh, staying out past curfew. Or maybe hanging out with those friends that were a bad influence. There is both a cultural and biblical expectation for children to honor their parents. But we've all been guilty of not following through with that command. Not following through with our parents' wishes. The commandment that we're looking at today is to honor our father and mother. And we're hoping that this gives us great instruction on uh, how we can honor them as followers of Jesus. Our scripture for today comes from Exodus 20, uh, verse 12, and then our second scripture comes from Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. Um, and Sid Perry is our reader, so Sid, can you come to the center of the room? And if you are able, we ask that you please rise for the reading of God's word. We do this to remind us just how central scripture is supposed to be in our lives and that it's the primary lens to how we live out our lives. So Sid, whenever you're ready, go ahead. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Thanks, Sid. You can all be seated, please. That's a great day to bring your kids to church, right? It's awesome. The fifth and middle commandment that we are looking at today is to honor our father and mother. And thanks to our teenage years, we all have issues with it, right? On the surface, it's pretty straightforward. But there are some interesting nuances to the commandment, especially when we look at what the Apostle Paul has to expand upon it. Culturally, there was a high likelihood that this command had a heavy emphasis on honoring the elderly. In the ancient world, the only institution for supporting the elderly was their own family. Most readers of the text 
would have understood at the very least that this was a command to care for one's elderly parents. But that doesn't exclude the importance and application for every one of us, for all ages of children. Something that makes this commandment unique is that it has a promise of a long life attached to it. Culturally, it was thought that if one supported their parents into their old age and helped extend their lifetimes, they would hopefully receive a similar treatment from their kids. They hoped that their lives would be prolonged because the culture and tradition that was modeled to their children. Within this commandment, there's a message about setting a standard for future generations. We have the opportunity with whatever life stage we're in to set a standard for honoring our parents in the way that will impact the generations that follow. There will be different moments throughout our life where maybe it's a little bit difficult, difficult to honor our parents, but we're commanded to do it. So what does it look like? For the Israelites, there was an instilled value to prize and treasure the elderly. They highly cherished their wisdom, insight, and experience. They valued the sanctity of life despite the age of their parents. And they did what they could to provide for the needs of the elderly. We can honor our parents regardless of our age by treating them with great appreciation. We're called to appreciate the hard work that was put into raising us. The sacrifices made to make sure we had a roof over our head. That we had food to eat on the table. And that we had clothes on our backs. We should highly value the wisdom and insight they speak into our lives and the life experience that it took for them to give us what they've given us. This is affirmed in Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. They're to be valued, to be prized. We should treasure our parents for everything they provide for us. We should remember and appreciate the great memories and relationships that we formed with them and even share those memories with them. One of my favorite things to do with my old man is we'll start watching some TV and find ourselves reminiscing about the good old days. We'll start talking about the times where we used to, every Saturday, eat chili dogs and watch sci-fi movies and then deal with indigestion for the next few hours. The times where we spent hours in the gym working on a jump shot that is completely irrelevant to what I do. Or the legendary stories of us going to the NBA Summer League and meeting famous basketball players or both of us sleeping in the back of an expedition. That was not comfortable. Or with my mom, I look back at the great times we had around the dinner table. The elaborate childhood birthday parties with Ninja Turtle posters on the wall or Batman balloons. Or those times where she stayed up late with me and worked on that school project and she got an A on it. <laughs> One of the best ways that we can show appreciation is through spending time with our parents, recounting the memories that show that they have value to us. We invest time on the things that matter most to us. 
So the greatest way to show that we treasure them is spending time with them. It's making that extra phone call, the FaceTime, or maybe even just stopping by and asking how they're really doing. We also appreciate them because we never really know how much time we'll get to spend with them. As our parents grow older, we need to value every conversation, meal, birthday, vacation, any moment spent with them is a gift. We show honor through our appreciation, but we also show it through the way that we express our love and our care for our parents. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. We honor our parents through the way that we express our affection. We show them love and care through the way that we speak, the way that we interact with them, the way that we think of them. And as children, we display this affection through laughing at our dad's bad jokes, through those lingering goodbye and goodnight hugs. And we do it through those great late night chats where we stay up talking about whatever we want to, really just to stay up past our bedtime, but we love them. In reality, none of these things really ever change as an adult. But in addition to them, things begin to look a little different. As our parents begin to grow a little older, maybe decline in health, we start transforming into greater caregivers for them. Our affection starts to look like picking up the tab more often when we go out to eat. It looks like letting them use our streaming accounts. Yeah, I know, a lot of us, right? Taking them to the doctor, cleaning their house, having a thoughtful conversation. One of the best ways we can honor our parents is through the words and actions that communicate how much we really love them. Words are great, but when we can show them, that's even greater. Earlier I said that one of the underlying messages of this commandment was the importance of setting a standard for how the next generation should treat their parents. The way that we express affection towards ours is probably the most influential way our kids will learn how to love on us when we're older. This might be a good time to take a pause and to ask ourselves, is this, is the way that I love my parents, show them affection the way that I want my kids to do so to me? What is a way I can love and care for my parents in a greater capacity? Our love and affection for them should also be paired with respect and reverence. When this occurs, we honor our parents through our adoration of them. We adore and respect our parents because they're the ones who gave us life. They are the God-given authority that has been put over us to mentor us and raise us up. And we respect them because it's what scripture tells us to do. In Leviticus 19.3, it says, Each of you must respect your mother and your father, and you must obey the Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. But respecting your parents can look a little different depending on what life stage that we're in. 
as younger children. We're still developing under their care and we are called to respect them through obedience. We show adoration to them in the way that we honor the values and rules of their home. We may have different opinions and beliefs than they have, but while we're still being raised in their household, under their care, we have to act obediently to what they ask of us. For parents, this means that it's okay to enforce your rules and values on your children. If there's something you want to make sure your household is practicing, enforce it. Do it. If you want your family to eat meals together, if you want Saturday to be house cleaning day, if you want to start incorporating a Sabbath practice, if you want to make sure your family goes to church together every single week, do it. You have that authority under God. But as we do that, we need to make sure and communicate that there is room for our children to disagree with us. There is room for them to not believe what we believe, but there is not room for them to disobey. It's not our role to make them think the way we think. That is fundamentalism. That is not who we are called to be. We are to model and instill values through the way that we live and run our household. But to all the kids in the room, there's a reality that this might mean you don't get to live your life exactly the way you want to live it for a season. It might mean you ha might have to do some things you don't love doing. But having the discipline to do so displays the level of respect you have for your parents. As we move from adolescence to adulthood, our adoration is no longer contingent upon our obedience. It's about treating our parents with respect in a way where they're heard and they still have the space to influence our lives but not dictate it. The command to honor our father and mother, mother gives us the opportunity to show our parents appreciation, affection, and adoration in a way that hopefully influences our, our kids to do the same thing. But God would use the apostle Paul to elaborate and continue upon this concept, this idea of honoring our parents and setting a standard for the future. In Ephesians 6, um, verses 1 through 4, it says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate, exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. In this passage, Paul affirms the fifth commandment. But he refines it in a way where we are no longer just honoring our father and our mother. We are also instructed to honor our children. The commandment becomes reciprocal in its nature. It's saying, kids, obey your parents. But it's also saying, parents, don't be bad parents. The reciprocity in Paul's instructions would have gone against the grain 
of the typical household code of the Greco-Roman culture he found himself writing this in. Usually, household codes would focus on the male figure as husband, father, and master and advise him to act toward, how to act towards his subordinates. But with Paul, both parties are addressed. And in this case, Paul actually addresses the subordinate party first. This was countercultural. Outside of the cultural norms of the times, and it held fathers and mothers to a higher standard. It expressed that mutual respect should be shown between both parents and their children. When we look at the specifics of the refined honor that Paul talks about, one way that we're to honor children is through not provoking them. Paul is warning us of goading our kids into perpetual resentment. This might look like being so hard on them that we break their spirit. How often do we see this in the youth sports culture? A parent is so hard on their kid that they grow to resent the parent and resent the sport by the time they're out of high school. Or what about in the academic field? A parent who is constantly pushing their kid into all the honors classes to get the best scholarships, to go to the best school, only to find that their kid drops out after a semester. I feel like I flirt with this every single time I just try to get my boys to clean their room. I give them specific orders with high expectations for what to get done. I set a timer for 30 minutes and a half hour later, I walk into the room to see my boys being professional wrestlers with a half cleaned room. Drives me bonkers. And sometimes my response is really harsh. I want things to be picked up the way that I want them to be picked up. And you did not follow my orders. You were not fully obedient to me. But I start to flirt with this boundary. Because after they're disobedient, I start to nitpick and yell at them for this, yell at them for that. And I'm not raising my voice out of authority. It's out of anger. And there's been times where I look into my kids' eyes. And I can see I've broken their spirit. If that begins to define our relationship, it just fosters a future of resentment. It's not a good feeling. It's all right to have high standards, and it's okay to be disciplined. But when we let our constant rigidness and high expectations beat our children again and again and again, beat them down until they're irritated, until they're frustrated with never being good enough, we've got a problem. We're now cultivating a future of bitterness and resentment. With our high expectations and hopes for our children, we also have to have a balance, a healthy balance of encouragement. Paul instead advises us to train our children in righteousness. Bringing up and training our children in righteousness means creating an environment where our kids can learn and explore what it looks like to have a faith in Jesus. It's correcting them, but it's also encouraging them. 
It's parents having a commitment to spend time in God's word with their kids and live out its practices in their daily lives. It's the most basic form of discipleship. But we have this frequent tendency to put this responsibility on the Christian schools we send our kids to, to the Sunday school curriculums being taught, or to the youth groups that they're involved in. Let me tell you, everything we do here at church is supposed to be secondary to what is happening in your homes on a daily basis. Paul says, we do not just honor our father and mother through how we treat them and how we model it to our kids for generations. We are to honor our parents also through the way that we treat our children by actively and intentionally investing in their faith and their future. When it comes to honoring our parents, at this point, there's a big elephant in the room. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because the elephant's back there and you can't see it yet. But no, the, the elephant in the room is this. How do we honor our parents when they're not worthy of being honored? How do we honor our parents when we live in or we come from a house full of physical, emotional, or sexual abuse? How do we honor our parents when they promote and live a lifestyle of immorality? Paul addresses this in verse 1. He says, Obey your parents in the Lord. We're provided a qualifier for, being, for honoring our parents. We are to honor them in the Lord. This means that if our parents direct us to act outside of biblical standards for Christian living, we are not obligated to be obedient to, and to honor what it is they're telling us to do. We're called to live obediently to our parents so long as our obedience falls within the ways that God has called us to live. God doesn't want us to be obedient slaves to the sin of the world. He sent his one and only son to die for us so that we would not have to deal with it. That we would be free of it. Paul's qualifier takes the emphasis off of our parents and it places it on honoring the way of our father in heaven. The important component of what's being taught is not that they honor their parents, but that they live in the way of the Lord. They honor God. This means that we honor our parents when we honor our Father in heaven. But also that we honor our Father in heaven when we honor our parents. When we do this, there's reciprocal honor being given. And ultimately, what's important is that we honor God. Although it is applicable to children and parents of all ages, the commandment's original functional intent was to honor the elderly and to model the tradition for the next generation to continue. But through Paul's letter, God refines what it looks like to honor our parents. We also honor them through our intentionality in raising our children and through conducting ourselves in ways that honor our Father in heaven. When it comes to honoring our parents, if we were to stick with the old way, when we're dead, we're dead, and there's no more honor to be given. But even in death, 
we can honor our parents and we can honor the generations that come before, come after us. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for your word and for what it can teach us. God, if there's aspects of our lives where we have not done a great job of honoring our parents, or maybe for us parents, honoring our kids, Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear how we can do better. God, allow for us to instruct our children in righteousness. Allow for us to, to love on our parents in a way that make them see how much we love them. And continue just to work on the hearts and lives of all of us here today. We love you, God, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's close with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Have a great week.